Hello everyone and welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I am Yuno Gasai and it's Friday. Finally, finally it is here after a long week of bullshit unicorns, bullshit and bullshit mixed with glitter covered pigs, bad hair comb overs, bad dye jobs and terrible nail polish. We're finally here. It's Friday. I am happy about it. I hope you all have had a great week. I hope you are going to have an even better weekend. And uh, I'm all about it. So let's get this started. Um, You know, if you want to contribute to the show, as always, now you can reach me in consolidated spaces on the social media. Just look for Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or hashtag LGBB and you will find me right away. You can also do at Lifestyle GBB. That's Lifestyle. G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy. And I will appear magically to you. Um, You can also contribute to the show by email if you don't want to DM me, because now I understand DMs and I know how they work. So if you want to message me that way, feel free to. But if you want to do it by email, just send it over to lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And I can keep you anonymous. I can keep you more hidden than Russian contacts. I can keep you more hidden than whatever is behind the walls at Area 51. I can hide you better than a woman stealing a turkey under her dress in a grocery store. Nobody will know that it was you. Anonymity. I love it. Um, We can do that. We can make it happen. I appreciate everybody for listening. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Next time listening back, welcome back. Um, I would ask that if you like the show, please rate it. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your dogs, your cats, your birds, share it with the ants, or just share it wherever you want to share it at. Um, I think it's always something great to do and share. And the more you guys rate and share this, the more I can get more of it out. So thank you for that. Today's episode is called Gay, Black, and Political. Gay, Black, and Political. This one, this is an episode that I put off for a while, but let's start it off with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is coming from the great, the legend, the amazing Oprah Winfrey. And what she said was, every time you state what you want or believe, you are the first to hear it. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible Don't put a ceiling on yourself. I think that is just self-explanatory. Don't even have to go into it. But it has a lot to do with politics. Because a politics can be our beliefs. It can be our backbone. It can be our foundation. How you feel about politics and your political views can direct your life in many different ways. And it's a spectrum. There's a spectrum, just like how sex is a spectrum, politics is a spectrum. We all have our own beliefs. And today's episode is, of course, about politics, like I said. I've debated doing this for quite some time. For weeks, I have debated it, I've debated it, I've debated it, I put it off because I'm just like, I don't know if I want to get into politics because yes, one, it can be very, very volatile. People get very offensive about politics. I mean, they get more offended about politics than somebody sticking their finger in the quiche that they just made or the great cup of hot cocoa getting knocked out of their hand or smelling a dog fart. It's quite offensive very, very offensive. Some people get very upset about it. So I try to organize my thoughts for this episode. And I didn't know, should I focus on the current renter of the White House? Um, Should I focus on the people who oppose the current renter of the White House, who is going to be known as Individual One? He will be called Individual One by me. That is where he will be at. 
I didn't know if I should focus on Republicans versus Democrats, or maybe immigration and immigrationist versus racist. I haven't known what to do because again, it's like lighting a match when you're covered in gasoline after having gasoline fight with your friends at the gas station. If you know where that's from, high five, you're a friend of mine. Um, so then I thought, how about we, I try to keep it neutral? You know, let's talk about gerrymandering, the Electoral College, the Voting Rights Act, um, counterintelligence, how a bill's made, amendments, laws. I mean, there's more and more that I could go on to. And I thought that would be great. That would be fantastic. And then I thought about, well, I might as well just throw on an episode of Schoolhouse Rock. And we can just talk about how a bill's made. I mean, I can't sing the song because I don't remember all the words. But if you haven't seen Schoolhouse Rock and the bill song, it's great. It goes into a lot about bills, how bills are made, and bills and bills and bills. Um, so... I just decided, how about I talk about some things that have to do with politics and our current political system. Um, So, I mean, of course, this week we all had public access to Robert Mueller testifying about his report. And the information presented was flabbergasting to me, to some people. If you haven't heard the full Mueller report... There's tons of places you can read it and see it for yourself. Um, I listened to the report through Angela Rye's podcast. Um, It's called On One. And it was great. She literally read the report page by page, word for word, and gave all the information just there. It's just on a silver platter for you. It's a couple of episodes long. It is a few hours. Um, But if you haven't read the report yourself and maybe you like to hear it, That's one great source that I can recommend. Um, It was so weird. It was so, so, so weird to watch this testimony of Robert Mueller, of him saying he's not going to talk about many things over and over again, the questions that were asked, the fury that you see in the eyes of Republicans, the fury that you see in the eyes of the Democrats. It was a very hostile thing to watch and after a while I even got annoyed with it and had to turn it off and go find something else to watch because it was just so much now watching the report I did watch a lot of it live and then I watched after you know the pre-recordings I'm sorry the post-recordings of the actual um, testimony and it gave a lot of information a whole lot of information I'm not going to go directly into the information because, again, this is something you can view on your own. And I always feel it's good that you develop your own thought on it before hearing it from somebody else. Um, but what I do want to talk about is the post-reporting of the actual testimony. So it was so strange to see because I watched both from the Republican-supported news, you know, Fox News and those kinds of outlets, and then the more Democratic-supported news spectrums like CNN, ABC, those kinds of things. And it was so weird. The same information was presented. There wasn't anything different presented to one group or the other, but their take on it was completely different. Completely, completely different. Democratic radios and news broadcastings were saying that This was a moment for the American public who did not get a chance to read the report or did not know what was in it to finally hear verbatim from the man's mouth who wrote the report, his answers. And that it did support the fact that the president was not, well, I'm sorry, individual one was not exonerated and individual one did do things that were criminal acts that could be indictable and prosecutable. I hope that's a word. And then hearing the Republican news outlets saying the Democrats wasted their time. Nothing came from this. There's nothing. It just proves our point even more. And it was all the same thing. We were all watching the exact same testimony. The testimony did not vary per party. It was all the same. So it was so interesting to see that. Now, seeing this and seeing what individual one had to say after and what came from the White House. It was so strange. 
but it wasn't anything different than what we've been seeing lately. And with this testimony and one side says they won, the other side says they won, I don't think anybody won. Nobody won from this. This to me was just a plain embarrassment to watch on both sides, no matter who was saying what, no matter how they were saying it. And all of it was, I'm not going to say it was pointless because it did educate a lot of people, but I feel that it hurt America more than helped it. I'm saying it hurt America more than helped it because this was on full display for the world to see and to hear of individual one's unethical, criminal, and unpatriotic behavior. We had to watch this, uh, how could I say this? We had to watch this debacle as more trans women of color are being murdered. Concentration camps are still being run on American soil with children, men, and women sleeping in cages on hard floors, not able to bathe and wash themselves properly, not being fed food, dying from sickness from being in cages. We had to watch this while social welfare plans like SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, or also known as food stamps, well, that's being cut from people who need that to survive. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, what we have going right now is what I call reality show politics. It's a sickness that's infected our government and it's infected our everyday life. It's a sickness that is designed to distract and foster fear and division. The reason I call it a sickness is it's infecting people more and more and more and more. Um, And it's not being stopped. It's not being stopped. The reason why it's not being stopped is individual one and the people who are pushing the sickness know that it is so much easier to rule and control a population that is divided, fearful, and angry. And that's where we're at. We're a population that has become divided, fearful, and angry. It's exactly what we are. Um, and it's so much harder to take control, pass laws, get your way, do things that will only benefit a specific, a very specific population when the majority of the population are educated, calm, and free-thinking. They know this. They know that it's very hard. So that is why this is being crammed down our throats and pushed to us to create this fear and division. It's the same thing that the Russian people who interfered with the election did. They sowed discord, division, fear, falsities. That's what they did. They knew they could control the narrative and this would control the outcome of the election. That is exactly what happened. Now, Three examples that I'm going to give when it comes to this political sickness of distraction are major. Major, major, major. My first example I'm going to give, this has to do with the ice raids. We've all heard about the ice raids. We know about the ice raids. They are still going on. They have not stopped. They have been reported. They've been talked about. They've been tweeted but have received less primetime airtime than tweets from individual one. They've had less, I'm sorry, less airtime than the fights between Democrats and Republicans. They've had less airtime than the rhetoric that we hear as opposed to the policy and the laws that are being made and passed. The media is equally feeding this outrage that's being caused by individual one. And they're adding to it. And the true news we should be hearing is not being broadcast to us. So one man that I want to talk about, and this was broadcasted very briefly from what I remember, is Francisco Galicia, 18 years old. And I hope I said his name right. He 
was held in custody of ICE for three weeks, even though he is an American-born citizen with paperwork to prove it. He was born and raised here and everything. He was arrested and detained when he was with a friend who was not legally here in the United States. Even after him saying he's an American citizen, declaring he's an American citizen and could have been proven with just a simple phone call to see his actual documentation that he was born and raised here, he was held for three weeks. He was held for three weeks and picked up because he is Hispanic. He's a Latino American. And because he looked Mexican, and I say that with quotations, he was held and detained for three weeks. Held in custody for three weeks at 18 years old just for walking down the street. Very similar to black men, black women, people of color. This is what's happening. So it was clear that he was targeted because of his race. There's no other way to say it. It's also been underreported that no illegal immigrants, as we can say, or I can say that with quotations, who have been picked up in these raids are white descent. None of them are Swedish, English, Danish, Irish, Scottish. These people have not been removed, and it's well documented that they are still here in our country in illegal status and numbers. ICE knows about them, but these aren't the people who are being picked up. They aren't a part of the population of people who are being put in these concentration camps. Sorry, AKA detention centers, or I'm sorry, ISIS holding, ICE holding centers. I mean, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't look much different than the concentration camps and internment camps that are a part of history. Um, the things that need to be reported, um, because these are the results of these policies that have been enacted by individual one. I feel in a true and open and transparent political atmosphere, when a policy is enacted, the results of those policies should be broadcast for the American people to see over the rhetoric or disgust of the policy. We understand that people are not going to agree with everything. People do not want to do these things. That's why we vote. We vote because we don't agree with something. We vote because we want a different option or a different policy in place that is 100% understandable. When a policy is made to be transparent and to be clear, the results need to be broadcasted just as much as that policy's information. And then the rhetoric after that can be broadcasted, disseminated, or even, I mean, now in today's age, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. We have all these places where politicians can create their own press release in an instant. We have news networks that can do that. News networks during the day can talk about these things. Primetime news, the time when people are home and watching specifically because it's primetime news is not the place for rhetoric. It is the place to see the policy and the results. Show us the results so that way we can start making informed decisions. And when I say results, I mean unbiased results. No matter who it benefits, no matter who it hurts. We need to see that. That information flow will allow us to create an educated population that can make an educated decision whether this policy should be remained, maintained, or even enforced or removed. That is what promotes transparency. That is what makes your house see-through glass. See-through glass in a house is not bad because it cannot hide anything. I hope that we see more of it. I hope that we see the results of this. Results will cause change. That's what I'll say. The second example I'm gonna give, and this is one that not only affects Americans, people of North America, this is a global effect on the world. Global. Regions of the Arctic, some places in particular, Greenland, Alaska, and Russia, are experiencing wildfires on a scale that has never been experienced before. 
The fires are so intense they can be seen from space. That's including the smoke from the fires can be seen from space. Scientists have made it very clear that this is a direct consequence of global warming climate change. Scientists, people who have gone to school for this, people who have spent their lives documenting this, people who know how the earth works, have said this is a direct result. This is not estimated. This is not guess. This is a direct result of climate change which I like to call still global warming because it is global warming. But uh, there's regions in the Arctic that are recording their highest temperatures ever recorded in recorded history. Alaska reached 90 degrees in a heat wave for the first time ever, ever in recorded history. Since the dawn of man, Alaska, since we could record history, has not been this hot. This was reported on primetime news. I saw this on ABC World News, and I'm estimating the report lasted about 50 seconds to, I want to say, about a minute and a half. Very brief, very brief snippet. I haven't seen it back on the news since. I have not seen it back on the news since. If you have seen it back on the news since, please share that with me. I would love to see it, share the stories, make it visible on all of your social medias. It's something that is affecting the world. There's no way to look around that. I mean, no matter where you stand on politics, if we don't have a planet, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if we don't have a planet, politics does not fucking matter. Now, we did see during individual one's campaign and beginning of his election, We saw a lot in the news about his rhetoric, him being a climate climate change denier. Um, We saw the massive amounts of airtime about his decisions to leave climate change initiatives, like um, the Kyoto Accord, I want to say it was, and then the climate change agreement, which was from Paris. Um, We saw that in the mainstream news, and then it kind of just disappeared and faded off once we started getting our tweets and tweets and tweets and arguing with press people and fake news. We heard all of that. We heard that sickness of reality show politics again. And then it kind of just stemmed off. Now, I haven't seen much on the news about these other climate initiatives that are still happening and the fact that we're not a part of them. Um, And we are only seeing the inflammatory stuff and hearing sound bites. We're well aware of the battle royale that's going on in Capitol Hill right now. But we hear less about the things that are going to cause the apocalypse to man. The fact that our world is literally dying at this point. You know, 70% of Americans are unaware of the global temperature rises that are occurring and the lack of effects that our politicians are taking to stop this and our political institutions are taking to stop this. You know, we can't fix the problem alone as one country, but we do have the ability to be a part of the solution. And right now we have withdrawn for the solution. That needs to be reported more. Politically, our political system has pulled us away from these climate change fixing things, and we've just continued down the same path of destruction. Political sickness has taken it over again, because now... We're focused on the tweets of the racism. And we all know individual one is racist. We we know it. I said it last week. We already know this. It's not something that we need to keep hearing because it is a fact. It has been proven and we understand it. We know that criminal, I'm sorry, individual one <laughs> is a criminal. We are well aware of this. Now that we know it, it's time to make a decision so we can get back to the political environment of making decisions and voting to save our world and to save this country. My soapbox is very sturdy sturdy for this one. My third example that I want to give, and this is the one that I hold dearest to my heart, I think is one of the most important things that 
politically, we have the power to help stop. Number three, Denali Berries Stucky. That name, let it simmer on you. Denali Berries Stucky. A trans wo- transgender woman of color who was found shot to death in South Carolina on Saturday, July 20th. This just occurred. This hasn't been reported on primetime news from what I know. And when I say primetime news, I mean national primetime news. Um, she's the 12th transgendered woman of color to be murdered this year. I really have not heard much about this on primetime national news. And the excuse that murders are not reported is unacceptable because we have people who are murdered all the time who appear on primetime news who are not transgendered women of color. Twelve of them, again, have been murdered this year. And it's murder. There's nothing else to say about it. It's murder. They're being killed and murdered. She's the twelfth transgender woman of color to be murdered this year. And we've been hearing about the reality show game of government right now, the reality show game of politics right now, and more, I'm sorry, and less of laws, bills, rights that can be made to protect transgendered people, transgender people all over the country. Um, We are seeing that the country and the politicians don't care about these people. They don't care. If they cared, this would be reported more. If they cared, the sound bites that would be released would be about these things. I said it before that laws do not protect people. People protect the law. And that is true. Because the law is built of our ideas, our thoughts, and the things that we think will create a beneficial society to us all. And right now, that's failing, but it's not a reason to give up. You know, even though we have this practice of distraction politics right now, we have a chance to change it, and we have a chance to make the people in America who are invisible, visible. We have the way to do it. Politically, become a nuisance. It's one of the best things you can do. Become a nuisance. Call your congressman, call your senators, Make all the phone calls you can. Start tweeting them. So many of them have Twitter pages. Flood them with tweets, even if you're not trending. Fuck a trend. Make them hate who you are. Because once you become a big enough annoyance, they cannot ignore you. You know, it's like that moment where you're sitting next to your brother in a car and you're just pointing the finger. You're saying, I'm not touching you, so you can't do shit to me. Eventually, that's going to get under their skin. Get under their skin. Become a disruptor and get under their skin and bother them to the point where they know they have to act. They cannot ignore you anymore. It's something that is beautiful. It's something that's beneficial. And it's something that will be great at making us great again. Those are just three examples of situations that are occurring in this country that we have been distracted from. Now, one that I did mention, and I don't have the full details on it, so I'm not going to go in depth as far as the policy of what is happening because I need to research it more myself. But earlier today, I heard being reported through the New York Times and also a few other outlets that I listened to is about food stamps and the sub. Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, um, that it's being reduced. People are going to be getting less and less and most likely the bare minimum of food stamps for their families and for themselves. Now, if you don't know what food stamps are, these are ways for people who are low income or cannot afford to get proper foods and nutritions. They can take these to the store and spend them on food, spend that money on food to get food to survive. I've seen and heard a lot of people saying that, oh, they'll be fine, they're just lazy, they just need to get off their ass and do some work. That is not always the case. 
Yes, there are people who abuse the system and those people will be found out and they always are found out. But there are people who do need these programs because they do not have the ability to sustain life at this time for themselves. And it shouldn't be something that's debated on for people in America to be able to get food. I don't understand why it's debate for people to be able to choose to give themselves sustenance of all things. Food and basic living are supposed to be a basic right to life. So I don't understand why it's a debate. And the debate that I've been hearing is that these people don't need it because they're lazy. But then I also see on the opposite end of the spectrum, businesses lobbying politicians and trying to get laws passed to get more money because they feel they aren't rich enough. So we're literally taking from the poorest, the people who cannot support themselves, and giving to the people who don't need any assistance whatsoever. And that is coming from the laws, the bills, the signing statements, the things that are being created by individual one. And a lot of people don't realize these things are happening because individual one has created a political environment of distraction. Just leave it right there. Just leave it right there. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back. And if you go somewhere, grab some grapes. You might want to make your own wine for this next little portion. All right, guys, I'm back. So I hope you got your grapes. I hope you got a cute little liquid grape juice. Um, You know what? That made no sense because grape juice is already a liquid. If your grape juice is not a liquid, I'm very concerned. If you have powdered grapefruit, um, sorry, grape juice, you know, don't do a line of it. I feel like that would burn your nose. I really feel it would. But (laughs) now that we're back, let's get back into it. Because I left on a uh, moment where I hope it didn't cause despair for people if you're listening to it. Because I know for myself, when I hear all these terrible things that are going on, when I see the distractions that are being presented to us on a silver platter, when I watch and read the tweets and see the xenophobia and bigotry of everybody that is spreading this, it can get so overwhelming. And it can just get so overwhelming that sometimes I just want to lock my door, throw on some Mortal Kombat, and just play that until a meteor strikes the earth. Unfortunately, there are no meteors that we know of that are headed our way at this time. So, I still have to put on my big boy panties, walk out my door, go to work, and hear the dumb shit. (laughs) But, hearing it isn't all. That's not the end all be all. There is still more to this world. So true politics and government don't need this distraction to help the people. Distractions never help the people. Distractions only divide and they only ruin what people have. If distractions are being caused, that means something that isn't beneficial to the people is occurring. Something that is only gonna help a very small segment is most likely occurring. You can see this in examples of, uh, I forgot the word already, darn it. So when you see people who are influencers to politics, and I do not know why I am on the fence about the term, I can't even think of it right now, but this is when people are going to politicians and they're trying to influence them, especially businesses. You see this a lot. Um, I'm going to think of the word. It's going to bother me because I can't think of it. But when they go to these politicians to try and influence them, they are doing something that is not beneficial to the people of this country. So one example of it, um, and I talked about this briefly, and it was the movement of reclaiming pride last month where 
the pinkwashing of gay rights was going on. Now, if you're not familiar with what pinkwashing is, that's where these businesses, these huge businesses that are supporting Pride and World Pride and all these Pride events are celebrating Pride. They're putting rainbows on everything and saying, come get gay with us and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, Pride. But secretly behind closed doors, they're actually eroding the rights of the LGBT community even though we're funneling all of this money for Pride into their pockets. And lobbyists, that's what it is. When these people are lobbying uh, politicians, they are literally providing influence to these politicians in the form of money or promises of positions and power and all these things. And that is corrupting government. We've seen it happening in the open. We've seen it happening in private and it gets exposed. These lobbyists are also a part of the problem of politics. And we can get them out by exposing them. We can get them out by changing this entire process. Now, some people have asked me, what do we do? What do we do with where we are now in the political climate that we are living in? And I have a plan. I have a plan, and I'm pretty sure many people do. I mean, we got 24 people trying to run for president on the Democratic side. A lot of people have plans to change the government. My plan, I'm pretty sure some people will think of it as very, very radical. But I think it's something that could at least get us on the right path to the true government that was and is supposed to be in place. So my suggestion is to remove every single political leader from office and start brand new. Remove every single one of them. Not in a coup, not in a takeover, not in a violent way, but remove every single one of them from office. After removing every single one of them from office, we start brand new, but we do this in a manner to keep order and stability it can be done it will be hard it will be a process it will be arduous but it can be done we can do this by removing the current political leaders on all sides and voting in new leaders this will be a trust i'm sorry a test of our true democracy and democratic process and it'll also give us a chance to remove the influence of the lobbyists that I was just referring to. We get out the old, bring in the new, and then we can start over again by reducing the influences that come from big business, which we know there are tons of them, especially when it has to do with uh, doctors, prescriptions, television networks, all this undue influence there. We can reduce the corruption and then we allow the people and not gerrymandering, which if you're not sure what gerrymandering is, that has to do with the way voting counts in an election, which I will go into in another episode. I, Yeah, I'll go into it in another episode because gerrymandering, it's a whole topic on itself. Um, but look into it. I will advise you to research it on your own and we'll definitely talk about it. But if we allow the vote to elect our officials and not just voting districts or an electoral college that says this state should have this much power, this state should have this much power. No, if we actually go by the popular vote, which is a vote from every person who votes, this will allow the majority who are voting to elect their official. That is what voting is for. Majority vote is supposed to win. So once we to our voting process, there are going to be, have to be some things that are going to be rules for elected officials. My first rule would be that elected officials need to be between the ages of 35 to 50. 35 to 50, and I say that because the average American lifestyle, I'm sorry, lifestyle, lifespan is 78 years old. The average American is expected to live to 78 years old. I am not saying that if you're over the 50 age limit that I propose that you would be unable to vote. 
No, because you would still have the right to vote. You still have the rights as an American citizen. But having the power as a political leader should not be in your spectrum. I say that because in our current government, the average politician in a major position of power is either close to, at, or has passed the expected life expectancy age of the average American. For the people who are past that life expectancy or very close to it, by our average and scientific system of measuring this, you don't have much time left on this earth. You are not going to experience the full effect of the laws and policies that you are passing and putting into place. The people who still have decades on this earth or are expected to have decades on this earth are going to be the ones to fill the ramifications of your decisions. You will not fill them. Some people will probably say, well, that makes them objective. It doesn't. Not in my eyes. Objectivity for them is not the fact that they're going to be passed on and not experience what they put into power. Objectivity is saying, I am going to experience whatever comes into play. Even if it doesn't benefit me, if it benefits the majority, we're going with it. That's objectivity in my eyes, especially when it comes to politics. I don't want to sound ageist when I say it because I'm not trying to make an ageist statement. I do feel that when you are nearing the end of your lifespan, the decisions that you are making, you can say they're for the generations that are behind you, but you don't have experience of those generations. Currently, the people who are making laws are detached from at least one generation. So they have the generation that's directly under them, but they don't have the generation that's under that generation. They can't possibly understand what's going on or experience the ramifications because their life has not existed in that realm. They have been welcomed to it. They have experienced it. But the people who are growing up through that time frame are going to have a completely different take, look, and view of the world that is theirs at this time. And it is time to let go. It it is. I hate to say it in a way that's going to, again, sound ageist, but it's time to let it go. Perfect example of it, Joe Biden and individual one. They are both the oldest people to be in a presidential office. And yes, they have knowledge, they have experience, but they their decision-making and their base is rooted in a time period that has long passed. In our years of being in our 20s, our 30s, that's where you really develop your base of your decision-making for major things like your political decision, what you do with your vote, who you decide to align yourself with party-wise. People who are well past that age, you're Still going to be basing your decisions on that older view and mindset. That is not going to be beneficial for the generations that are going to exist in the time frame that you're making laws and rules. So while it is great that you are part of politics, being an elected official, I do not feel will work properly for the people who are going to experience what has been done. Lastly, Lifetime appointments should end, completely be done away with. The Supreme Court, those positions, you can be in them until you retire. For life. I don't understand that at all. Our society is constantly changing. We are changing and developing faster than ever in recorded history with the advancement of technology. So these changes are constantly occurring. But we have people who are making rules to govern these changes who have not changed in decades. It seems redundant. It seems so, so redundant. That's like me picking up my PlayStation 4, sitting down to play a game, and I grab a Atari controller. The technology has changed so much that Atari controller isn't going to do shit for my PlayStation unless I do some serious, serious modifications to it. And then at that point, it's no longer even an Atari controller. 
That's what we're doing right now in the political spectrum with these lifetime appointments. Lifetime appointments, again, do nothing to benefit people because the people who are there have not changed. There should be a term structure in place. The same way there's a term for the presidency, the same way there's a term for senators and House representatives, there should be terms for those positions that currently have lifetime appointments. I see what is going on currently in the political spectrum is people who are in these positions are like, oh, I'm good. I've got my money. Um, Yeah, of course, I'm supposed to be speaking for the people and representing a district or a Senate seat, but I'm good. So I don't have to worry about them. It's time to make them worry. It's time for the people who are in these positions of power and politics to truly speak for the people they represent. And the only way we can make them do that is by letting them know that you are temporary. You are ornamental. Just like a Christmas tree, your ornaments can be replaced easily. And that needs to be set in stone, especially with these lifetime appointments. So that is what I have when it comes to my political view, my political side. Now, I know a lot of people may not agree with it, so I would love to hear what you have to say. I would love to hear your opinions. I would love to hear your thoughts on this because politics is, again, a spectrum. There is so much that we all experience and it all affects us differently because me being a gay black man, what I'm looking for out of somebody to run this country is going to be completely different than a straight cisgendered black man or a straight cisgendered black woman or a bisexual black woman, black man, bisexual white people, bisexual Asian people, straight Asian people, straight white people, straight Hispanic people. Everything is going to be different economic classes are going to be different and not like the economic class that you take in school. The economic social structures, those opinions are going to be different because we all fall at a different point in the spectrum. But I think we can all agree that dealing with distractions as opposed to the real issues will only hurt us in the end. And we are literally the frog in the pot right now. If you're not familiar with that example, the frog in the pot, if you take a boiling pot of water and drop a frog in it, it'll immediately jump out because it senses the danger, knows that this is painful, and it's going to hurt it. But if you take that same pot of water and it's cold, put the frog in the pot while it's cold, and then heat up that water to a boil, the frog will sit there and die, even though it has the complete ability to get out of the water. And that's where we're at right now. Our world is being changed right in front of us but it's being done in a way with so many other distractions that we're not moving. And we're getting to the point where it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late very soon. Look at the floods, the hurricanes, the temperature rises, the strange weather, the sinkholes, all these things that are appearing that haven't appeared in this vast amount of numbers in our history. The change is happening and it's happening at an alarming rate. So I would just say open your eyes, view the world that's around you, and don't be afraid to share your political view in a respectful manner is all I would ask. So I hope to hear from you guys on that. I think it would be beautiful. I think it'd be amazing and share. So now I want to go to the listeners, not listeners lifestyle, because I don't have any listeners lifestyles today. I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize how long I would be talking about my view on politics. But I do want to share a little bit of my looking glass experience. And this comes from last week. And last week, if you saw on my social medias, that it was Pride Week here in Rochester, New York. And here in New York, for Pride, during the day, between the hours of sunlight and sundown, because I do not know what time I started and I don't know what time I finished, I was quite intoxicated and hydrated. Um, I was covered in glitter and walking in the pride parade, taking tons of pictures and just spreading love and joy. And I even had a news interview, which I saw and I was incredibly drunk, but I wanted to spread a message of love. And I want to thank every single person out there who spread love to me and shared love with me and for me. 
It is serious and scary business when you're walking out of your house in a pair of, I think, 10-inch platform shoes covered in glitter and a halter top, no, a tube top, and an overall dress. But it was tons of fun. I enjoyed it so much, and I'm so happy to see all the people who are out there spreading love with each other, to each other, and for each other. And also nighttime, I went to a party. It's called Soul Rehab. And the category was drop dead gorgeous because I thought it looked amazing in that serious body hugging illusion dress. Thank you, If She, for giving me that dress. I purchased it from them. It was amazing. The shoes are from shoespie.com and then also Shoe Dazzle. If you're interested on where to find them at, just ask me and I'll send you the link and you can get them for yourself. Um, I do want to just share that this was probably the most fun I have ever had at Pride in my life. And it's all because of the people and the positivity that was out there to share and love. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. This was amazing. And for every single person out there with your kind words, thank you. I love it. Every single person out there who had something negative to say, thank you. I love it still. It was fantastic. Um, So guys, that's what we're going to call it today. We're going to call it here. We're going to say... Bon voyage and just don't don't let this news and media shit that's going on get you down and let you despair. There is always change and love out there in the world. So, like always, guys, you can contribute to the podcast and go to the consolidated pages on the social medias. Just look for lifestyle of gay black boy or hashtag LGBB or at Lifestyle GBB. Takes you all to the same stuff. Lifestyle of a gay boy, sorry, Lifestyle of a black gay boy is easier for me to type because it's already in my phone in my spell correct and auto suggestions. So whichever way you find it, feel free to reach out to me, comment, post, like, share this podcast and please rate it with your friends, family, and everybody. I would truly appreciate it. If you like a shout out on the show, I'll definitely give you a shout out and I love to hear what you have to say and think. Feel free to DM me or email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. And I will be sure to get back to you and maybe you'll get your content shared on the show and I can keep you anonymous if you'd like to be anonymous. Um, that's where we're going to end things today. Again, I am Yuno Gasai, and our ending quote of the day comes from James Bovard. And the quote is this, the first step in saving our liberty is to realize how much we have already lost, how we lost it, and how we will continue to lose it unless fundamental political changes occur. Let that shit simmer. Have a good weekend, y'all.